Hello, hello, hello. It is me, your host on another episode of Ethan with Swords. It's me, it's your boy, it's Ethan, the man himself. Um, it's been a while. It's always been a while. I don't do this very consistently. I do it whenever I'm, I feel like it, quite honestly. It's my show. Um, I do them when I'm bored. Fight me. Uh, I'm very tired. So yeah, I might not be as energetic as usual, but I'm yeah I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and put on a show for you guys. Uh, I, I I I'm interested in this topic as I am with all these topics, but this one I've been kind of wanting to get around to. Uh, as as today, today's topic, we'll be talking about duels, dueling one-on-one fights. We're going to be talking about their uh, their place in medieval combat in medieval Europe. Uh, most of medieval Europe, we're going to be t- uh, looking a little bit more at the Renaissance this episode than we usually do, because the Renaissance is cool. I don't talk about it a lot, and I think I should start talking about it more, because while it is not the medieval period, there was still a lot of cool stuff going on in terms of weaponry and swords. So, um, this is the first episode where I'm really going to be expanding my, my kind of reach and where I'm going to be looking at. So that'll be fun. We're gonna look at all kinds of things. We're gonna look at chivalry today. That's gonna be fun. What is chivalry? Good question. We're gonna talk about it. Don't you? We'll get there. Don't worry. It'll happen. Sit back, relax, have some tea. I got. I don't have a drink today. I should get a drink. I finished my coffee this morning already, and I don't. I have nothing to sip. But ooh, I have a glass of water. I have a. We have. We have some water here. Hydrate or, di- hydrate or dihydrate, you guys. So that's lovely. Today, duels. What were they? Why'd you have them? What's the deal? Let's get into it. Right into it. You know the, you know the shtick. So yes, today we're talking about duels. Now, a duel, when I say duel, I, I'm sure some of you have an idea of what I'm saying. But I kind of want to lay some groundwork for what a duel is. Uh, for instance, a lot uh, a lot of people are familiar with the more... I, I, I say modern, what I mean is recent. As recent as the 1800s. Ooh, topical, I know. Um, when I say duel, a lot of, what a lot of you might think of is pistol duels. You know, stand back to back, walk 20 paces, turn and fire. Uh, or uh, if, if you... If, you have more of like a wild west feel, you know, meeting at high noon in the sh- in the main on the main street with the big clock tower that's always there, and then it it, it strikes noon, and they both shoot, and one of them dies because they got shot. Not what we're talking about. I might actually I might do an episode on early firearms. I don't if that's some tell me if that's what you if you want to learn about early firearms. That might be fun. We're not talking about guns today, unfortunately. We're talking about swords, because that's what—that's my purview. That's my expertise. Duels, um, as a matter of honor, and as a matter of like a, an official thing. Uh, basically, when I just when I say duel, it's two guys going at it with what you know, whatever they decided to, to, to use, you know, whatever they were up to, um, for assorted purposes. Now. Dueling in the midi again, I I'm painting with very broad strokes when I define these things. But broadly speaking, duels were between just two guys 
two dudes, two bros, not bros, two opponents facing off, sometimes to the death, sometimes until the other uh, would yield or was unable to continue fighting for a myriad of reasons. Mostly, they were matters of honor and respect, right? So, some guy insults you, some guy's been talking shit, um, some guy's, you know, he did something that, you know, it hurt your honor, you would challenge him to a duel and you'd fight about it. Um, this, this leads into, um, what I'm mainly going to be talking about in this episode is the idea of judicial duels. Duels that were meant to, uh, had, had legal weight, had like a, a system behind them, you know? What judicial duels were was a way of settling legal disputes as a matter of honor and respect, because back then that meant quite a lot. Honor was a huge deal back then, you know? A, you know, a dude insults you, a dude is going, you know, going about, you know, talking shit, then that's, that was like, an act, like that, was, that was a legal offense. Legal steps could be taken, and in this case, legal steps means beating the shit out of each other, because, ooh, humans are just so good at that. So judicial duels were more things that couldn't be settled in, like, a standard court of law. So, like, insults. Um, and one of the things you see a lot is if, like, like, if they were, they were, ins they insulted them, they were spreading rumors or lies or slander, what we'd call today, S like, like, slander or defamation of character, that kind of stuff. Things with no, like, like, you can't really legally get someone back for that, so instead, you fought them. Uh, you also saw, this is gonna sound real brutal, and I want you to, to take into consideration that the past is a different country, and it kinda sucks sometimes. But one of the contexts you see a judicial duel in is if, like, someone, like, sexually assaulted your daughter. Like, there's nothing the court can do about that, so you fought the guy. Like, that's a common thing you'd see. He, he, like, slept with your daughter, she's now... Ooh, how do I put this lightly? She's less eligible for man for marriage now. Because that's, that was just how, how things worked back then, because women were just kind of currency back then. As brutal as it sounds today... It was just kind of how it be. But, um, that's, you know, it's it's cases like that where a judicial duel would, would happen. Now, whether it was to the death or not varies what, just it, it depends on place and time and what the offense was, right? A less serious offense, like slander, probably not to the, probably not to the death, just like until one guy yielded and then you'd pay him, like, Three sheep and a pig. Like, you'd pay him. You'd give him some, some recompense. Uh, if it was a more serious offense, like assaulting someone's daughter, very well could be to the death. Again, depending on time and place, it wasn't unheard of. So now that we got you know the parameters out of the way, what was it? What were you doing? Well, that depends. Um, again, with all of it, depends on setting, because setting is always important. Context. Context is a magical thing. So, um, 
it was you it was basically the bare minimum is it's you and the other guy with the same equipment right if it was between say two knights then the armor would be their own personal armor from their own personal armory usually your your, your best stuff um with weapons that were again personal possessions right but they would always be equal so like long sword duels for instance you'd be fighting with a long sword um, the more official judiciary ones that had legal weight, then you'd be provided with things. A, a, a very common, a very common setup was to have a a buckler, which is a small shield, a sword, and a spear. You had these three things, and you were armed with them. You'd have a buckler and and like a, like the sword in like one hand, the spear in the other, and you'd fight like that. And so that was how you know that's how duels took place. Now they were they they they, they depend they vary on what you'd use. Uh, the shield buckler sword setup is very common in the judicial ones because it was very official and very you know this is what you used. Uh, long sword duels you see, but you could really you could use anything, you know, daggers you see a lot. Um, Something that people used were these things called dueling shields. I want you to right now go look up what a dueling shield is. And just like have that. Just have just have the information that that thing existed. Like just as a gift from me to you. I want you to know that dueling shields were a thing that happened. And I want you to see them and look at them and, and just like... I, I, just, just have that information. Just have it. Just keep it. You know. Like, as, like, uh, just look it up. Look, just, uh, just Google dueling shields and just, just feel joy. You know that those things exist and that your sphere has collided with theirs. Um, they were these goofy-looking things. They were huge. They were long. You'd hold them. They had some kind of spikes or what have you. You know. Some of them had hooks where you'd like wrestle the guy to the ground. Some of them were spikes or blades, and you'd act like you'd stab someone with a shield. Cause why not? Just dueling shields were just a trip, and I love them. So that was some like that was some of the the uh, the hardware you'd use. But let's get into like. I want to talk about pivoting now. Let's talk. Let's talk about chivalry, and this is where the idea for this episode came from—the chivalric code. You know, we hear a lot about chivalry today, but it surprises me about how little people actually know about what chivalry actually was and the context in which it should be used. You hear it a lot. You hear girls say it a lot. The phrase "oh, chivalry is dead," and and chivalry today in the modern context has come to be like respecting women you know being polite being courteous being honorable that's kind of what it meant and those things are all wrapped up wrapped up in chivalry yes largely chivalry was battle etiquette i have right here the um this is what is largely considered like these are the tenets of sh this is the chivalric code. What this is what people like understand it as, you know. 
So I'm going to read these out. We're going to look at them. We're going to go back and we're going to look at them more in depth. Okay. So I'm just going to read them as the list is. This is what it. This is this is the Shivalvik code that m most people accept as pretty like canonized. Like this is what it was, you know. So eight top to bottom. Here we go. The first tenant of chivalry, to fear God and maintain His church. That is just be pious, be faithful. This is God with a capital G, the big man upstairs, the Christian God, because that's what knights were all about. They were all about that, you know. They were all about that Jesus, because Christianity was fucking the the church, the Catholic Church in medieval times was scary. They were powerful. And they were scary. They had more power than the kings. The Pope? I see a little breakdown of the Catholic Church and how it works, right? Because I am, uh, uh, I don't know if many of you know this, I grew, I've grown up in a, a Roman Catholic household. You know, my family is very Italian, but we, you know, the family is Roman Catholic. So I, I, I have, I kind of grew up in this environment where essentially, the, uh, the power structure goes, there was God. God comes first. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, there at the very top. It's God. It's God. You know God. It's Christian God. It's like you all, you're all familiar, I'm sure. And then next, the second dude, the second most powerful guy in the Catholic Church, the Pope. The Pope is basically, if, if you believe if you believe the Catholic, if you know, if you are a Catholic, and you know, you you are a devout, um, if you are a devout Catholic and you're um, a Roman Catholic Christian, the Pope is a direct lined God essentially. He is the closest man to God. He is the most pious. He's the t he is he heads the Catholic Church, and then of course the Catholic Church, and then there are these guys called the Cardinals. You don't need to know about that. It's the rest of the hierarchy of the Church, down to your you know from. Very top is the Pope, down to your normal Sunday Catholics. So, that was all about respecting God and the Church. The Pope, head of the Catholic Church, in those times, was more powerful than the kings. Because the Pope has the power to excommunicate people. What that means is basically, is basically the Pope goes, hey... You're no longer Catholic. Like, he just does that. Like, he just says that, and it's true. It's a little more ceremony, but you get the idea. He basically, he says, hey, you are no longer a part of this church. We reject you. If he did that to a king, which happened a couple times, they had a problem. Because kings were supposed to be pious and supposed to be really close to God, and not being part of the church... Like suddenly, that like suddenly, there's a problem, you know. So to fear God and maintain His church is the first tenet of chivalry, because the knights were very Christian, as it was everyone in that time. So that was basically that's the first tenet. Loyal to the church. Next, to serve the uh, the liege the liege lord in valor and faith, be loyal to the king essentially, the crown, the king, the kingdom. This was just be loyal and defend the king and his honor and your, your, your liege, your lords, members of the aristocracy, essentially. That was the second tenant. It's 
you are uh, first and foremost you are loyal to God and the church then you are loyal to the king your country and all that goes with it Se uh, third tenant to protect the weak and defenseless Fa fairly self-explanatory be a good dude to give succor to wi uh, widows and orphans uh, succor is kind of an old word we don't use it very often anymore uh, S-U-C-C-O-U-R it just means help, it means like aid to people in need so help uh, help widows and orphans pretty solid life advice to be totally honest yeah uh, to refrain from the wanton give it, uh, giving of offense to refrain from the wanton giving of offense don't be a dick essentially uh, don't offend people out of spite. Don't go out looking for a fight. Don't. It really is just bo it like it just boils down to don't be an asshole. Like real plain and simple. And I just I I I always love that that that's like up there. It's like hey, you know, it's it's what you'd exp you know it's like first like be pious, be loyal to God, listen to the king, be loyal to the country, protect widows and you know protect the weak and defenseless, you know. Give aid to widows and orphans. Don't be a douche about shit, dude. Like, just don't. Like, just don't be an asshole. <laughs> I just, I love that. Uh, Till uh, the next, the next tenant. This is what five, five, six. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. To live by honor and for glory. To live honorably, and for the glory of king and country, essentially. Uh, to live. You know, honorably. To live honorably. Uh, next up, number seven, to despise pecuniary reward. Pecuniary, another old word, just means money. Don't take, uh, don't, uh, to despise pecuniary award, uh, reward. That means don't, like, don't take money rewards for things. Do good deeds without expecting to be paid for them, you know? Um, it's, it's basically just this idea of don't, don't go into don't go don't do good things expecting payment and and do not take payment random payment do not accept charity essentially um as this was a whole thing it's about piety and being humble it's a big tenant it's a it was a um a big tenant of the church was to be very humble and to be very you know like i guess i'm trying to look for a better word than humble but i guess that is the best word to describe it you know to not get a big head about things so don't 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 accept charity and don't take money essentially don't live for the reward uh, number eight to fight for the welfare of all again very self-explanatory to def to fight and defend the common good the good of the people uh, nine to obey those placed in authority this is an interesting one because it it gives this because it kind of gives this uh, this window into what, like, the ideals of the time were. Because today, being seen as a um, as a rebel, as like a like a troublemaker, a maverick, if you will. I fucking hate how that word has been co-opted by fucking what's his face, Jake or Logan Paul. I don't know which one uses it. I don't care to look it up. I do not care. The, like, I really liked the word maverick. Like, I liked it. It was a cool word. And he, he they ruined it. They took that word from me, and I despise them for it. 
but being a maverick in the sense of being a trailblazer. You know, that idea is very attractive to us in the modern day, being a rebel. Because we, um, especially, it's, it's especially an American thing, America. Because America, being Amer uh, the American dream has always placed this big importance on being independent and uh, self-serving. And kind of, you know, all about yourself. And not conforming to authority. This is a thing that happened, like, it sprung up in the 60s and 70s a lot. Um, so we kind of have this, this romanticized, idealized idea of a rebel, you know? But back then, being a rebel was a bad thing. Like, not conforming to authority was seen as, like, a flaw. And you can see it here. It literally, the tenet is just to obey those placed in authority. Like, just listen to the people above you. There's no mention of, like, like piety or if they're a good person. No, they are higher in rank than you. Listen to them. They are the authority figure. Now, back then, this made sense because, again, everything was, like, um... Everything was, like, like, centered on religion. So people in power were seen as closer to God. Like, kings, for instance, were seen as closer to God. Fun fact, uh, the idea of a crown... You know, like, a golden crown was actually meant to represent uh, halos. It came from this very Christian... Uh, if you see old paintings, especially of, of Christ, of Jesus Christ, and his disciples, they have this gold um, ring, this, this gold disc behind their heads. And this was meant... This was a Renaissance thing in Renaissance paintings and even earlier, to represent piety and holiness and the kind of, you know, being ab above common man. And that symbology was then translated into what we have now, the crown. The, um, the crown, as it stands, comes from this very religious idea of a halo. And I always thought that was kind of neat. It's meant to represent piety and being close to God. But that's how it was. You know, people in authority were seen as closer to God or more pious. You know, they were placed in authority for a reason, that reason is, you know, they're a little bit closer to God than people below them. So that's an interesting window into what life was like back then. You listened to people in authority. Authority, like, that was seen as a positive trait. I think that's interesting as opposed, as, you know, juxtaposed to today, where being seen as a, um, a trailblazer, a rebel, a maverick, if you will, is seen as a good thing. Uh, next to, uh, the, I think this is the ninth, I'm not gonna count it's the next one. To guard the honor of fellow knights. Essentially, do not, um, do not insult people behind their backs and defend them if they, if they are not around to defend themselves. Which, again, solid life advice. You know? Defend people's honor. Like, if there's people talking shit behind people's backs, stand up for them. Defend them. Even if you don't like them. You know? Defend the honor of fellow knights. Uh, next, to eschew unfairness, meanness, and deceit. Um, basically, to eschew is to like um, get rid of, shoe out, I guess. Uh, to eschew unfairness, meanness, and deceit. It's to to purge these things. Deceitfulness is, uh, for those of you who don't know, is being like is like trickery and lies. That's what deceit means. So it's very it's to um. To, to be honest and to, to defend being honest.
basically. To, uh, to propagate kindness, we'll say. Next one, to keep faith. Another faith-based one. To keep faith in God and the church. Real, uh, very simple. Uh, for next, at all times, to speak the truth. Don't lie. Very simple. You know, it's what you'd expect. It's one of those things that's like, yeah, you know, don't tell lies. Tell the truth at all, uh, at all times. Next, uh, to persevere to the end in any enterprise begun. See things through to the end. Don't take half measures. Don't half-ass things. If you start something, finish it. You know, easy enough. Um, oh, to respect the honor of women. That's the only one you get. That's the only one you get that, that, that like, even mentions women in any context. You get one tenant near the end. To respect the honor of women. And back then... I, I like there was I think there's a real big divide in what we think of as the honor of women to if you like if you said that let's be let's be real if you said that today respect the honor of if you said that phrase seriously you would be called a simp you just would I like let's be real here yeah you'd be called a simp in a white knight I, like I can't control that. That's just that's just how it be in the modern day. Um, but back then, that was what you did. You um you defended women and their honor because they were seen as weaker, and and they were seen as you know they can't defend their own honor because a a woman can't fight, a woman can't defend herself. That's nonsense. Ha ha. Yes. <sighs> Different time period, you know. So it's, it's just moving on. <laughs> Uh, never refuse, never to refuse a challenge from an equal. Fairly simple. If a guy challenges you, if a, if a, if a, if someone on equal footing and of equal honor challenges you, you answered that challenge. You responded. You respected it. It's today. I think that one's kind of carried through to the modern day, where like if someone challenges you today as an equal, like not accepting that challenge is seen as disrespectful. Like. Like, if someone challenged you to a fight and then you didn't show up, you'd be, like... Like, that's a disrespectful thing to do, you know? And I, that's one of the things that's carried on to today. It's, it's, you don't, you don't... You do not outright refuse a challenge when equal. Back then, that meant something different. Back then, that meant if, if someone challenges you to a duel, you answered it. You showed up. You fought them. To the death of otherwise. Bring that one back, man. That one deserves a comeback. If so, if 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 your equal challenges you to a fight, you answer that shit. You show up. You you trade. You run hands. Ooh, back. Some of these shit. Some of these need to make a comeback, man. Next, uh, never to turn the back upon a foe. This one is uh, has a kind of a couple meanings. Um. One, literally, do not turn your back on an enemy. Like literally. Because it means it, it means something literally and metaphorically. Literally, do not turn your back on an enemy. But you know, metaphorically, what it really means is don't like don't disregard them as a threat. Do not do not eschew them as you know someone that is something that isn't important. Uh, never never assume someone isn't a threat. You know. 
um, the it's it's the punch you don't see coming that knocks you out. You know, it's basically just respect everyone because everyone can in their own can, everyone can stand their own in a fight. Assume everyone can hold their own in a fight. Do not do not assume they can't because if you if you if you if you turn your back on them, if you assume they're not a, a challenge, you get your ass beat. Simple as that. So that's that's it. Those that's that's the last one. Those that's the chivalric code essentially. It's these tenets that are that you are supposed to follow as a knight, as a knight, or as just a pious individual, someone, you know, who was meant to, you know, it was a code everyone was supposed to live by. And that's what chivalry is. And that's again that was the main meat of this episode. Um. As as kind of time progressed, duels had become. Very, uh, duels began to lose prominence because you know you're fighting to the death but um as time went on they became more of a symbol of the aristocracy you know they became more high class affairs and this is this is this is again this is leaving the medieval period going more into the renaissance um where standardized duels became less and less prominent and they became seen more of as a a posh a posh to do uh, well to do kind of thing this is where we see the the rise of buckler and rapier duels and fencing, which is always fun. Go look up, um, go look up fencing videos, like buckler and buckler and rapier fencing. Like it's just it's just nice to watch. Uh, look up Hema stuff. Seeing people who are good at uh, good at using swords use swords. Is just really fun. To, I that's something I do in my free time all the time. I go up and I just just look up HEMA all caps H E M A historical European martial arts, um, and just like look at some of the look at some of the more standout stuff. I love it. Like it's really interesting. Um, there's a YouTuber I love to watch, Skalagrim, S K A L L A G R I M, Skalagrim. He's a big YouTuber in the hemisphere. He does reviews of modern day. Um, he does reviews of modern day replications of swords. He does stuff like that. He does. He talks. He's um, a trained Hema fighter. He does all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff like that. And he's great. I love him personally because it's really fun to watch people. Watching people who are really good at things is always fun. It's even better with a sword when it's swords because swords make everything better. In any context, swords make things better. At all times, there is nothing that. Swords cannot improve upon. Period. I will fight you on this point. Don't challenge me. I have swords. <laughs> um, but like, say, oh my god, saber fencing? Look up Polish saber fencing and just like fall into that rabbit hole for a little bit. Because watching people who are good at fighting with sabers is really fun. Because it's just really fluid motions and the sound is really cool. Because I just like the noise they make, the clicking, the clanks, the clank of metal. But, um, yeah, they, um, rapier fencing, rapier and buckler fencing, very common thing. Uh, uh, I'll explain that a little bit more. You know what, let's get into that. Let's, let's talk about that, because, uh, some of you might not know what that is, and that's fine. We're here to learn. A buckler, I've talked about this, uh, I talked about this last episode, the armor and shield super episode, that was an hour long. That one was a I don't, that one was a doozy and I love it to bits. That one was really fun to do. 
because I love talk because it was just so much meat to talk about. A buckler is a is a is a small shield that came about in the Renaissance. It was about the size of like a dinner plate, and you wore it on the fist, and it was very small because it was meant as almost like a civilian thing. It's it's something you would carry around around town in case you needed to defend yourself. It was small, it was manageable, and it was made of metal, and it offered good protection. It's, you know, it was a good shield. A rapier is a fencing sword. People who fence use rapiers. They are thrusting swords. They are long, needle-like. They didn't have much of an edge on them. Some of them didn't have any edge at all, and were simply just very pointy and, sh and um, stabby. And that's, what they, you know, that's how, just how they were. Because they were more focused on thrusting. And... Um, that kind of complemented, they complemented bucklers very much because it's easier to, it, generally speaking, it's easier to block a rapier with a buckler than it is to block a longsword with a buckler. For various reasons. It's a very small shield. And it works because um, rapiers have very small striking striking points. So that's the, um, you know, that was, that's duels. Though That was the main, that was the main things you saw at duels. They were these kind of one-on-one -on -one fights to defend honor. And, you know, it, they were seen as like this respect, this, this, a matter of respect, really. And that's what the chivalric code was, for those of you who didn't know. That was fun, going through that. Um, bit of a lighter episode, I know, but... I think it was nice. I think it was still nice to do and to talk about. I it, I know it's a, it might be a little scattered. I apologize. I'm very tired today, but I, I think I liked how this one turned out. That's that's this is this is how this has been. I I hope you guys enjoyed. This is me talking about duels. I'm gonna be doing more of these. They're gonna be. I they might pick up in speed. They might not. I don't know. I'm consistent as I'm about as consistent as New England weather. So have fun with that. Um, yeah, that has, that has been, that has been duels, medieval duels. I have been your host, Ethan Murray, on Ethan with Swords. Um, as always, glad to see you again. I hope to see you in the next episode. Don't know what it'll be about. I'll figure that out when I make it. But until then, friends, keep your blades sharp and your minds sharper. I'll see you next time.